So even though you can't see them all, just wanted you to know that. Um, also, I see Brenda Boss back at the piano to get you today. <laughs>
we will be having our one meeting model explanation training type event. You don't need to want to be a part of a committee to be a part of this. It's nice for everybody to know how we do things. So whether you just want to come to here or you want to come to learn how to be involved, everyone please come. I'm going to pick up some uh, bagels and, and talk to uh, some friends about some other stuff too and uh, coffee and whatnot, but it'll be a good time. And just please remember, if you just want to learn about it, come. If you do, you're not committing yourself to anything, but please come and hear how this goes. And I, I would like to make an alteration to one thing that Crystal says. This is a, a, foul, a proud parent moment. Hunter's the president of the conference youth group and, and very active in the district and, and everything. So that's a, a proud parent moment. <laughs> um, and that all the things go to Maui or one of the schools, or we can find a way to take stuff to a school here in town. It's just to encourage all the local churches to do that. All right, let's move into our time of prayer. Or is there any uh, prayer requests today? Yeah. Oh, wow, both at the same time. I don't know who to pick. I'll go with Miss uh, Miss Mary. Courage uh, and thankfulness. I was concerned about my great-great-grandson living in Maui. I finally heard from another relative in Hawaii that they were on the other side of the island, so that we were safe. Good, that's great news. Thank you. Jan. Uh, for the people of Haiti in the terrible chaos that's existing right now. Yes. Yes. As we move forward with these prayer requests, we also remember that the unspoken prayer requests hold even sometimes some heavier weight, the things that we are afraid to share. So today, as we pray for these and others, let's be in prayer, precious and loving God. Thank you for your presence and your spirit in all things. Guide us. Be with us in this time of worship as the light of Christ comes in to join us. Be that light in our hearts. And in your son's precious and loving name, I pray. Amen.
Brenda, that was wonderful. Thank you so very much for that. As we move into our time with children, let's have our children come over and join me on one of the mats, please. Make sure you can see the screen. So in Sunday school, you guys are learning about the armor of God the last couple of weeks, right? And you are learning about how the armor of God has everything that you kind of need at any moment. It's got something to protect your head and your chest and your waist. And today you're going to learn about protecting your feet. But the armor of God has a tool for everything that you're going to need to help you out in kind of some unique moments. But I'm going to show you a picture of something. Cheyenne, show me the next slide, please. This is Batman's utility belt. Now, every time I think about the book of Ephesians and I think about the armor of God, I think about Batman's utility belt. And when I used to watch Adam West on the Batman or or um, or um, Christian Bell in the movies, it seems like Batman's got everything he needs in that belt. He's got shark repellent in there. He's got a flashlight. He's got rechargeable batteries, a miniature camera, a fingerprint kit. Anything that he needs is in that utility belt. So when I look at this Batman and even a two-way radio, so when I look at this, I think about what you're learning about in Sunday school. When we think about the, uh, the helmet of freedom and the breastplate of righteousness and all of the things that the armor of Christ represents, it's something at our hand whenever we need it. So I want you to remember, it seemed like that man had everything at his reach when that there was a a need at hand, and that's the same thing with our faith, and that's what you're learning about the armor of God. So let's join together in prayer. Thank you, God, Thank you, God. for giving me all the things that I need, even before I know it. Amen. Okay, enjoy following Miss Jan to Sunday School and have a great time, gang. And as they move off to Sunday school, we're going to do our, what seems to be our new popular uh, hymn sing request time. So Sandra stands up first. What, what are we doing here? Number 348. 348. What song is that?
born, and I saw two hands. Mary Lou. 374. 
Morning scripture is from Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be taken in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in the hope, patient in the affliction, Faithful in prayer, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who are perse who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone for evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. But it is possible, as far as it depends on you, to live in peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. He is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will keep burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Before that we move into prayer for this sermon, I'm going to start with an apology today. Mike did a great job reading the scripture this morning, even though that none of it was what I emailed you. I uh, when that you take the computer home to work on slides and you get a, a moment of, of uh, an inspiration on Friday night that feeds into Saturday, you grab the one file that's on your computer and start making changes, and then don't affix the other files that go into it. So the the misreadings between the slides and the and the got Saturday morning as I was preparing for the sermon today. But thank you so much for your willingness to ride the flow of of the Holy Spirit and. I think all the members name as we move into this time of prayer and as we begin to think about what it means to look for grace in places that sometimes despair may seem to be the most dominant. Precious and loving God, be with us today in this time of conversation, in this time of prayer. Guide us through these moments that we can see you in all things. In your son's precious and loving name, I pray. Amen. As we look at the sincerity of love today, I was sitting in a blessed conversation that I had with the Reverend John Farley. This happened many years ago. And John Farley is currently serves in the position as the lead assistant to the bishop of the California Pacific Annual Conference. In the time frame of this conversation, John was the district superintendent of the South District, and he had the unpleasant responsibility of interviewing the candidates for ministry. He asked one of those candidates, a young, naive soul by the name of Drew Davis, one question that shocked him. 
Why do you want to be a leader in a dying denomination? Shocked me. The blatant honesty of this leader to ask me such a robust question. Why do you want to be a leader in a dying denomination? He allowed me to think about it for a moment. He also allowed me to ask for a cup of coffee so I could think about it a little bit longer. This leader is asking me this question, what am I doing in this chair? But I had to answer. I had to answer all along. And he asked me again after I took my second sip of my coffee cup, why do you want to be a leader in the dying denomination? And my response back was, because I believe in its hospitality. And I believe it displays that hospitality the best. I want us to think about that. We live within an existence that we can ask a very slanted question. We live in a life that our souls are stirred by slanted questions. We begin to wonder, why am I doing this? Why am I a part of this? Why does this motivate me so much to be involved, not just as a participant in seats or a video coordinator that puts the wrong risk. so inspired by this that I want to be involved in it because I believe in its hospitality and I believe it shows it the best. I want us to look through this scripture again today and as we look through this scripture at least I put the right scripture in the screen's mind. As we look through this scripture today, I want us to think about the light that exists in the darkness. Yesterday, I had the blessing of watching Hairspray. Have you ever seen the movie Hairspray? It's, it's amazing. Zac Efron and Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah sings this song called There's a Light in the Darkness. And when you hear that stirring power of Queen Latifah's voice singing this protest song, inspiring others to continue walking, even in moments of despair, continuing moving forward, even in moments of worry and concern, you are moved so deeply. I think about the words of the song that Miss Lorraine and I sang today. And I think about the ways that we need to be reminded that we never, ever walk alone in any moment, even if we're frightened by a slanted direct question, or we feel like that we're on a path that is beginning to crumble, but we believe in the path anyway. As I pray over things, and I pray over the ways that we have used these conversations in our lives, I think about Robert Frost's poem about the two roads. And every time that we look at that lives and our that poem with our human hearts and our human lives, we believe that there is a place that we have to make a decision. And we hear at the end of that poem, the road less traveled was the road that I was called to follow all along. But the road less traveled is the scariest road. There's stones everywhere. The kids in Sunday school today are learning about the footwear, the armor of Christ, and how our feet are the most vulnerable parts of our bodies. And we're called to walk on these rocky, stone-filled roads with the most vulnerable parts of our bodies so that we can get to the other end. I don't know if you've rocked on stony rocks a lot, but your, teeth, your feet do get tougher. You begin to stand the heat a little bit more on the hot asphalt. It begins to become easier and easier the more that we take the rocky, stony roads. Now I go back to Reverend Barber's question. Why this denomination? Why this church? Because nothing that's good is easy. And if we walk through the them, 
as well. Let's look at the words of the Apostle Paul in this scripture today. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fever serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope and patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, and share the Lord with the Lord's people hospitality. When we practice hospitality, we begin to discover what feeds our souls, what feeds our passions, what gives us hope. We all love the underdog stories. Even if you've never watched the movies, everyone in this room knows the name Rocky. We think about the underdogs that always find their way back, and it's because that they find their passion in something that they're able to get to the other end, but it is someone that has walked through the rocky road before them, that has practiced hospitality in a very endearing way that makes it possible for those struggling along the path to see the hope and know that they can make it to the other side. I think about all the things that give me joy and peace and just great feelings in my life. And music is that thing. I'm not standing here at this table without music in my life. I'm blessed by the relationship that I have with Miss Lorraine and Miss Brenda and Miss Jen because of our common love of music with Miss Sandra as we listen to music. It's amazing the bridges that music can bring because it's the words, it's the tones, it's the melodies, it's the reverberation in our bodies that gives us this wholeness in the spirit. I think about the people that open those journeys in my life. Way back in fifth grade, there was a music group Davis trying to play saxophone. And I'll, you guys giggle, but think about the torment and the torture my mom and dad had. <laughs> as they listened to the screeches and the wells coming from my bedroom of me trying to play alto saxophone for the first time. It probably was not a reverberating tones of joy that they heard, but it was the opening of doors that opened opportunities for me. The rocky roads are hard at the beginning because we don't know how to live through them. It's the hospitality of Charles Butler taking the time to listen to those screeches and the tones that helped me make it to a Robert McMillan in high school that got to hear their end result in stage band and jazz band and story. But the true love and the opening up of opportunity that came to me through the Sheridan music came from the hospitality of Jim McGinnis, who asked me to sing in choir, to try singing in and his willingness to step out and ask this kind of displaced kid, hey, give music an opportunity. I know you're in that band, but try singing too. And it's Joe McGinnis asking me to join the high school choir that opened the doors for me to go to college and that opened the doors for me to be in a place of service in church for the first time. It opened the doors for me to have another tool to use in our journey through COVID in 2020 as I was making videos, both playing my guitar and preaching sermons on those videos that we all watched because we were safe at home. When someone takes the opportunity to practice that hospitality, to be joyful and hope and patient in affliction, and I have to say this again, my mom and dad were patient in the affliction of listening to me practice saxophone. But that patience in affliction and that faithful in prayer, working and moving, it's the same journey as going through the rocky road of the road less traveled. And it's the same journey of being the one that's willing to serve because we believe in the hospitality even though that the road looks rocky and scary. And this quote from Arlo Guthrie, only the words of love kept alive are worthy of not being wasted. 
The words of love that are not being wasted are the ones that are being used and lived with. And every time that we hold the hand of a fellow journeyer on the rocky side of the road, we help them make it to the places of care and comfort so that they can exist in that joy and peace. We never quite understand what different moments of our lives are preparing us for unless that we live with them. We never really understand the ways that God is preparing us for something bigger in our lives unless that we are willing to go on that rocky road journey to get to the other side of it. When I think of this scripture, bless those who, are pers who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with the people of low position. Do not be conceited. When I hear this scripture, it begins to piece together what happens when that we are standing on the most jaded, hard edge stone that we are trying to travel through. One that we are truly standing in the moment and we are trying to be the image of hospitality that we believe in. As we're trying to display the image of hospitality that we believe in enough to go on the journey. It's sometimes in the moments that we are standing on the most jaded stone that we don't realize that there is a light shining that God lit so long ago. Since I'm quoting Arlo Guthrie, I'll quote Arlo one more time. You can't have a light without a dark to stick it in. I always love that. I giggle every time I hear that phrase. You can't have a light without a dark to stick it in. Sometimes when we are standing on the most jaded stone of the journey, we need to realize that we are holding the light that God has placed in our hearts. Like Batman's utility, we have the tools with us constantly for any part of the journey, even though we may not be aware that it's there, we may not realize the benefits of it being there until that we grab it and use it. And we put that light in the dark, jaded place in our being. I shared with you my music journey. The first teacher that existed in my life, Charles Butler, opened the love. But then between Jim McGinnis and Bob McMillan, there was this place of truly practicing and making it a part of my and sometimes when a person teaches you one thing, they are actually preparing you for something else. And you don't realize it until that you are deeply in that moment. And you can put that light in a darkness and see it shine its brightest. I shared with you a conversation that I had with the current bishop's assistant, John Farley, but I also had other DSs that tortured through my interviews as I moved through full ordination. Another gentleman but was the name of Myron Wingfield, and Myron passed away last year the year before, but a very, very dear friend. And Myron asked me, tell me about you. Tell me where you grew up. Tell me what you did in high school. So Myron grew up in Martinsville, Virginia, and in high school, I was in the high school band and I was in choir and music was the thing that got me through it all and he said was Mr. Black your music teacher so what are you talking about I'm sitting here in San Diego California and I bring up Martinsville Virginia and I bring up the name I didn't even say my music teacher's name and he asked me if Mr. Mack was my band teacher because Myron Wingfield was in the class of 1979 from Marshall High School, and Drew Davis was from the class of 1993. When you go through these journeys and you have those mentors, you don't realize other places of foundation that those mentors will lay out for you 
unless I can trust in what that we've been instructed. Sometimes we are standing on the dark, shaded rocks of darkness, and we have to stick that light of Christ into it so that it can shine brightly and guide us through the confusion and the worry. We have to be in that light. And a common throwaway statement of where I went to high school and who my band teacher was became the instrument that made a path easier to journey through. The Apostle Paul continues and shares, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. I, in doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We all heard Dr. King's statement that you cannot fight darkness with darkness. You can only fight darkness with life. We live in that statement as I serve as a pastor that advocates for everything that I've ever journeyed through. As I advocate for our friends with housing insecurities, as we advocate for our friends with food insecurities, as I advocate for our friends in LGBTQIA plus communities, as we advocate for everyone that we see that is in a place of need, whether we agree with them or not, we are called to be the ones that feed them. I believe it was, what was her name, Doris? Strong advocate, fatherness. I can't think of her name. Dorothy Day. Dorothy Day that said, we only love our God as much as we love Judas. And that is a wonderful reminder as we look at the scripture. As we stand on the jaded rocks and we want to find the villains in the story. We need to not look for the villains, but we need to become the heroes that do what's right no matter what. We need to reach into our utility belts and find the tools. We need to put the light of Christ in the world so that others see it and are compelled by it. And I'm about to share with you what truly is my favorite John Wesley quote. If we can be on fire, with Christ and we can burn for Christ. Here comes, this is my favorite John Wesley quote. Light yourself on fire with passion and people will come for miles to watch you burn. <laughs> that is my favorite John Wesley quote. But think about it. When we allow ourselves to be consumed with love, it changes us. When we allow ourselves to be consumed with passion, it changes us. And that change inspires others to walk across those hard, rocky stones to find peace and compassion. Today, as we move into our time of celebrating Holy Communion, we celebrate Christ doing just that. We celebrate Jesus Christ being the one that took the rocky road. I will continue over and over again until it is sick of hearing me say it. I wholeheartedly believe in a God that could snap his fingers and make everything better, but he chose to put on flesh and walk the rocky road with us. I cherish that redeemer. Today as we celebrate Holy Communion, we celebrate those acts. If you'll open your handles, please, to page 13. In the United Methodist Church, we serve an open table. That means if this is your first time ever in a church, you're welcome at the table. If you had a bad night yesterday, you're welcome at this table. If you disagree with anything I said in the sermon, you are welcome at this table. Because as we journey through the rocky stones, we journey together in love and difference. And hopefully through it all, we shine the light of love. 
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth, the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and spirit. On the night in which that he gave himself up for us, he took the bread. He gave thanks to you. He broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples and said, Take heed, this is my body which is given for you in remembrance of me. As often as you eat it, do it in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup and he gave thanks to you. He gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. That Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them before us the body and blood of Christ that we may be the body of of Christ. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at the heavenly banquet through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your holy church. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Please come forward as you are able to receive the gifts of Jesus Christ. If you're unable to come forward, I'll look for you and I'll come to you.
As we move into our times of gifts and offerings, we're actually going to add something in that we haven't done in a while. Brenda and I have talked about this last week. And if you're not ready for it, we'll, we'll push it off a week. Okay. We're going to do things the way we've been doing it. So, <laughs> but next week, we're going to add back in the uh, doxology ministry part two. So. We're going to add a little bit more of the ritual back piece by piece, but today we'll just do things that we've been doing. It. So, uh, precious God, uh, please bless these gifts and offerings. Amen. hear this prayer of giving. God of new beginnings, we offer ourselves and our riches to you and your church. Bless them and us unconditional love, so that these offerings become a sign of our commitment to rise above all evil and selflessness. 
do what is honorable, just, loving, and for all. Amen. Please stand if you are able for the closing hymn. Let there be peace on earth.